Well, very good morning to you. It is Money Talk with James Ross. It's 12 minutes to nine and time for us to take our view from Japan. And very pleased to be joined this morning by two guests. We've got Darren Tay, uh, Japan economist at uh, Capital Economics in Singapore on the line. Uh, good morning, Darren. No, we haven't got Darren yet. OK, um, we're still waiting for Darren. Let's speak to uh, Neil Newman, who is here with us in the studio. Good morning, Neil. Yes, good morning, James. Nice to have you on the show. Now, uh, the Bank of Japan's Tankan survey has just come out. And uh, what sort of indications is it giving us uh, after its uh, Q1 look back? Well, certainly, um, if you you just believe the headlines, it's all doom and gloom again. Uh, But, of course, bad news sells. Um, So you saw the the manufacturing. It's basically split into two. So you've got manufacturing and non-manufacturing, then sub-split into large companies, small companies. And the manufacturing side of it has gone very gloomy. So the outlook um, much more negative than uh, than, than was previously thought uh, would be the case. Um, but on the flip side, and there, there is always a, a positive case to spin on this. You know, non-manufacturing was fairly strong, and particularly if you filter down into uh, retail uh, consumption and anything to do with that, it's actually quite a positive picture being painted. Great, Neil. Um, well, let's let's join Darren Tay now, who's on the line. Uh, Darren, your view on the Tankan survey? Um, what 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 do you think it's uh, is showing? I think I very much have to echo what uh, Neil has just said. Um, the, the manufacturing readings were very very weak, and um, reinforces what I think has been the gloomy outlook for the manufacturing sector for the past few months now. Uh, but on the other hand, the non-manufacturing readings were were quite resilient. So I think in all, it more or less fits our narrative that um, while the broader economy is likely to uh, contract slightly in the first quarter, uh, it will be supported by a continued rise uh, in private consumption. So, I mean, Japan is still the third largest economy in the world. Uh, Darren, things things holding up, do you think, uh, for, for this year? No, not very well, I'm afraid to say. Um, we've been consistently one of the most uh, pessimistic forecasters for the Japanese economy this year. So we're expecting the economy to basically be around flat compared with uh, last year. Uh, now, consensus is expecting expansion of around 1%. But I think the data yesterday kind of bears us out on our narrative. Um, the other key thing to mention about the Tankan was the uh, CapEx projections that were issued by firms. So yesterday, they issued their first forecast for the fiscal year that starts um, that has already started uh, this month. And there was a sharp decline down to 3.2% increase in uh, capital spending. Uh, now, that's that's a lot lower than what the consensus was expecting. So I think um, it bears out on our pessimistic call uh, compared to the more sanguine view that the consensus seems to be uh, holding on the Japanese economy. Uh, Neil, you're Deputy Head of Japan Research at Macquarie Capital Securities Japan, uh, just in Hong Kong at the moment. You know, are you optimistic or, or pessimistic about the uh, economy this year? Well, first things, I mean, I, I think with Japan these days, given the demographics and the maturity of the uh, of the overall um, country and economy, is that growth is nice to have. It's not really essential. 
And uh, I think in the financial world, we tend to get a little bit hung up on this. Um, you know, the Japan, in 2016, there was a crossover point where Japan made and sold more goods overseas than actually made and sold plus exports from Japan. And so at that point, it, it really was is no longer an export economy. And um, the uh, if anything, you could actually see this as a bit of a retirement trade. You know, they've got an annuity going on offshore. So I'm, I'm much less pessimistic. I mean, we obviously do... Uh, worry about um, the, the the state of the economy and uh, growth is always nice to have, but I, I'm I'm less worried about you know if there is a small contraction this year, which I beg to differ. I think there might be a small expansion, um, but whatever happens, it'll be small either way. Mm. Uh, I mean, Japan t t does tend to do its own thing. You know, we've seen that in uh, in interest rates uh, over the last uh, few months uh, and so on. And I, I wonder, does, uh, Darren, you know, the contagion or potential contagion from the banks and what's going on overseas and around the world, does that spill over much into Japan? Well, um, in the sense that but the, but the bank failures and Regional bank failures in the U.S. or, or, mm. or the failure could twist affect uh, Japanese banks. I, I would say not really. Um, unrealized bond losses in in the Japanese banking sector is obviously less of a concern because the BOJ has nailed uh, bond yields to the floor. Uh, they still have foreign bond holdings, but that's a rather small part of their portfolio, less than five percent, uh, less than five percent of their assets, I should say. So uh, it's not really that large of a concern. And, and in any case, uh, that, that's only relevant if you think that there's going to be an imminent run, um, a deposit run on Japanese banks. And we don't think uh, there's any signs of that for now. So I think the, the, real, the real problem facing Japanese banks is their um, increasing exposure to uh, overseas uh, borrowers. So that's split into two main categories. The, you have, you have um, Japanese banks lending to other uh, Japanese financial institutions, um, and and that that I think is the bigger bigger source of uh, risk in that little is known about what kind of financial institutions that they're lending to. We know that the bulk of their overseas claims to uh, financial institutions are concentrated in uh, the U.S. and that's followed by the Cayman Islands. That's almost a quarter of their claims are uh, on financial institutions in the Cayman Islands and. That seems to be, I mean, that, that place seems to be very popular with the hedge funds, but we really don't know what exactly the composition is. And just to, to underline the risk that they face, uh, Nomura in 2021 actually lost about 2.6 uh, billion US dollars uh, due to the exposure to Archegos uh, capital, which failed that year. Uh, now, the other, the other problem is, of course, lending to non-financial non, uh, uh, institutions. Well. The, the the issue here, I think, is it's a bit less of a risk, but uh, there's still some exposure in that we're expecting um, recessions elsewhere in the developed world, especially uh, in the US and the EU, uh, much more now that uh, financial conditions have started to tighten following uh, the SVB saga. Mm. So um, that's the problem there. But uh, because you know recession is likely to be mild, we don't expect that much of a hit to uh, asset quality to Japanese banks. Oh, interesting. Well, let's see what happens on that front. I mean, turning to tourism for a second, you know, based here in Hong Kong, um, you know, we talk a lot about visiting uh, Japan. In fact, Japan is probably the most visited uh, tourist destination uh, from Hong Kong. Uh, Neil, you're based normally in Tokyo. Uh, you know, what's the feel? Are the tourists coming back to Japan? Is that something that is going to uh, be helpful to the economy? Uh, 
Oh, most certainly. Um, you know, Macquarie, Macquarie we're thinking, um, seeing a sort of, uh, well, actually, at the beginning of the year, we were thinking somewhere between 18, uh, sorry, 17 to 18 million visitors this year. Hmm. Um, actually, the run rate is close to that already, so it's picking up quite, uh, quite substantially. Um, conspicuous by their absence, we've got very few mainland, mainland Chinese uh, tourists coming in, so the spending profile of the tourists is slightly different, but the actual spending levels is, is pretty much up to 2019 standards. So this year, um, actually this is really something to focus on in Japan, um, as that, uh, it's going to be a bumpy year, I think, overall for consumption and also tourism, domestic and international. Um, and the reason being, firstly, it started early, so the cherry blossoms were two weeks early, so everybody's right. out enjoying those. So it looks like we've got an ext- extended spending season. Um, but certainly, you know, inbound tourism um, spending profile slightly different. Uh, with the mainland Chinese out of it, they're more the, the tourists coming in are more interested in experiences and travel. So we've got a lot of things happening with respect to theme parks, for example. We have got a new uh, Harry Potter theme park opening just uh, in. in in Tokyo, which is going to be very, uh, very popular, got an expansion of Disneyland and Universal Studios, and of course Studio Ghibli, uh, the the film studio, which has become internationally quite popular, um, is also opening up. And actually, one of their one of their their films, which has turned into a stage show in the UK, actually won won six awards at the um, uh, was it the yeah, recently. They're certainly becoming well, a bit of an entertainment, yeah. power, so, entertainment powerhouse so, studio, so, Ghibli. Yeah. So, yeah, content-wise, there's a lot of more Japanese content. And uh, you know, these are very popular um, destinations as well as generally travelling around Japan, staying in nice hotels and enjoying good food. Darren, are you seeing that tourism factor um, and the relations between Japan and China as playing a big part uh, of what's going on in the economy this year? Um. I have a slightly more moderate view. I mean, I totally agree with Neil uh, when he says that uh, you know there's potential for a huge uh, rebound, and in fact, we are already seeing that quick rebound. Uh, visitor numbers are already uh, more than half of uh, 2019 levels uh, within just a few months of the border reopening in October, and with uh, the Chinese uh, travelers coming back in the next few months with testing requirements lifted, uh, that should reach around. 75% of 2019 levels. That's a, that's a huge recovery. But the key thing to note about uh, tourism spending in, in Japan, I mean, on a macro level at least, is that it doesn't really account for that much. Uh, in 2019, before the pandemic, uh, foreign uh, visitors outspent uh, what Japanese spent abroad by about 0.5 uh, percentage points of uh, GDP. So um, even if we assume that that were to be the case this year, then you're looking at a boost of... Uh, around, I mean, you're looking at boosts of around three quarters of that. Right. Um, and it's going to be spread over the next few quarters. So on the macro level, it's not going to be that much of a boost, but it is a boost nonetheless. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, thanks for that uh, insight. Uh, Darren Tay, Japan economist at uh, Capital Economics, and uh, Neil Newman, uh, Deputy Head of Japan Research at Macquarie Capital Securities uh, Japan.